0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Bucks Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bucks Wire editor, Luke Easterling.
1: Welcome to the show. Let us be the first to wish you and yours a happy Thanksgiving. Quick shout out to our listeners. Subscribe for us. Find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Pods, whatever works best for you. Search the Bucks Wire. We're easy to find. Luke, save to you. Early happy Thanksgiving wish to you. And um, I don't know, Bucks fans got to be feeling a little bit better, right? We, we got all the crap football out of our system and beat up on the Giants on a Monday night. That's, as Bruce Arians said, it's a better way to go into the, uh, the holiday. The, the food's going to taste a little bit better after that.
2: Yeah, that's that's all I was going to say, man, is uh, it's definitely going to be uh, much much more palatable to uh, have it, having ended that, that two-game winning streak, but uh, the same to you, man. Hopefully you enjoy your holiday week and uh, definitely a nice victory Tuesday uh, for Bucks fans ahead of what's going to be a really, really tough uh, road match up here.
1: Yeah, looking forward to getting into this game with the Colts. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm used to going uh, away, visiting family, doing that whole thing, but we got the like a two-month-old baby now, Luke, so we're not looking to travel too much. We're not looking to be in front of a huge crew of family. Um, so we're, we're going to stay home and I don't know. I'm going to, I might have to try to cook something, but I've never cooked a Turkey before. I might not do the Turkey. I might just cook up the sides. I might I'll just cook up all the sides.
2: It's 2021, Ryan. Someone will deliver a Turkey. That's true. You know what? Yeah. Ready probably to probably, eat.
1: There's probably a Turkey app out there, right? No doubt. There's about gotta it. be. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. But yeah, my, my big takeaway on this Monday night win over the giants is that I want to feel really good about it. Because you know how I, you know, you know me. I was paranoid last week on the show where I said the Giants scare me when it comes to Brady and his, in his mental state. And I will say, Luke, when that ball bounced off Mike Evans yeah. and the Giants scored the touchdown to make it ten ten, I was like, oh no, here we go again with this frickin' team. It's gonna, it's gonna happen again, right? But after that, I don't know if like we could even talk about the voodoo angle with the Giants and Brady and that whole thing because the Giants are just too bad, right? They're just too bad of a football team to really evaluate not only the voodoo factor but just how great of a win this was. Did the Bucks really get right? I don't know. What, what, what's your top takeaway on this win?
2: You know, I think it's possible that they've ironed those things out. And, and you know, as far as the, the giants just being really bad, I, I kind of point to Tampa Bay's uh, regular season stretch last year after the bye week they won those last four games. All four of those games were against pretty bad football teams. Minnesota wasn't, wasn't terrible, uh, but they beat them. They beat the tar out of the lions, obviously. Uh, it was like forty seven to seven or something, I think the week after that. And then they you know they they had some big wins to to close out that season against really bad teams. But it's not, you know, you can only play who's put in front of you. And the week before the Bucks played a really bad football team in Washington, and they got beat down pretty bad. So you have to start somewhere. You can only play the next team that's in front of you. So you you've got to you got to to work those things out, and you can build confidence against those bad teams if you play well, and that's what the Bucks did Monday night. They beat a team they were supposed to beat after losing to two teams they should have beaten. So you know you do have to start somewhere, and I think as they look ahead to this game with the Colts, there's going to be a much more difficult challenge. And again, mostly because it's on the road, they've been really bad on the road this year for the most part. They're undefeated at home. You know that's going to be a big hurdle for them. I think. But, you know, you saw all the things you wanted to see. Only 39 penalty yards. They won the turnover battle 3-1. to You know, and, and I tweeted about this last night, but you want to see a team that can bounce back. You know, that, that sequence where, you know, they drive down, they get the, the opening drive touchdown, and they look great, and that's awesome. They get a stop. They, you know, keep them to a field goal, and then they get that, that ball deep in their own territory, and they have that freak interception, right? It hits Evans in the shoulder. It bounces up, sets them up at the five-yard line. They throw a touchdown pass to an offensive lineman. Heck of a catch by Andrew Thomas, that was by pretty the way. Sweet. Not even sure he wouldn't be better off at tight end than offensive tackle. Yeah, I and- saw
1: that tweet. That was good.
2: But, uh, you know, at that point, that was the gut check moment for the Bucs, right? Like, what are, which way are they going to go? Are they going to be the team that lost to Washington? Are they going to be the team that let that comeback slip away against New Orleans two weeks prior? Or are they going to march right back down the field, score a touchdown, and then not let the Giants touch the scoreboard ever again? And that's what they did. So, you know, I don't know what else the Bucks could have done to make us feel more comfortable moving forward than, than all of the things they did last night. They were so good on defense, the Giants fired Jason Garrett this morning. It's a
1: good point. So, it's a good point.
2: You know, I mean, 215 yards, one of nine on third down. You get the three takeaways, the two sacks late in the game. That offense looked awful. And again, Saquon Barkley was back. This is supposed to be a big, you know, he's coming back. Darius Toney's in the lineup. They got playmakers. Kenny Galladay's out there. Yep. You know, I know they didn't have Sterling Shepard, but Darius Slayton's a, a speedy guy. He can make plays. Nothing, absolutely nothing from this offense outside of a five-yard touchdown drive and a touchdown pass to an offensive tackle. So, I mean, couple that with what they did on offense. Gronk being back in the lineup. Yeah, he had six for seventy-one, but just his presence and what he does to open up that offense, and also you know, blocking. The offensive line played their tails off last night, and again, that was after Ali Marpet. Arguably the best player in that unit leaves the game with an oblique strain. He was out for most of that game. Aaron Stenney jumps in there. He played right guard down the stretch in the playoffs last year after Alex Kappa went out. He comes in at left guard for Ali Marpet and really no drop-off. The offensive line played really well. Brady dropped back 46 times and wasn't sacked. You know, I don't know what else the Bucks could have done to look more impressive last night outside of that one stretch, but again, that even gave them an opportunity to prove they can bounce back from a bad stretch. You check all the boxes. Everything we needed to see from this team against a bad football team we saw, now they're going to have to go prove they can do it on the road against a good team.
1: I think the big reason why Jason Garrett's gone, it's probably been quite a few years now since you've, you've really scouted and, and really looked at Daniel Jones's film, Luke. But, man, we're more than halfway through his third year, and he looked sped up, happy feet, in whatever you want to call it. He did not look well, comfortable Did you, did at you all. see
2: what I said last night about what, what Brian Greasy said?
1: I don't know if I caught this. Remind me.
2: So, so Brian Greasy, it, it was third and fourteen, and it was in the red zone, I think. And Brian Greasy starts talking about how you know this is an, an opportunity where you know this is a situation where if you're the Giants, you, you really you know might want to take the the decision out of Daniel Jones's hand here. You know, you're in a clutch situation in the red zone. He's a young quarterback. You know, don't put too much pressure on. Him. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like. And I really uh, immediately went to pro football reference and I was like, Daniel Jones has been starting for three years.
1: It's year three. He's not a young quarterback.
2: 36. Sorry. He's 24 years old. So I guess if you want to use age technically, but he's not football young 36 starts in the NFL. And we're still talking about putting the kid gloves on with this guy. Like to your point, that's the problem. The problem is you spent the number six overall pick on a franchise quarterback or so you thought and 36 starts into his career you have Monday Night Football commentators saying, eh, let's not let's not ask him to throw on 3rd and 14 in the red zone against the defending Super Bowl champs to try to score you a touchdown. That tells you everything you need to know about how his development has gone.
0: No,
1: no, 100%. Well,
2: well that and, and throwing a screen pass into Steve McClendon's lap for no <laughs> reason.
1: Yes, it actually, I have a question about that play and Andrew Thomas. And you know what? We'll save that for the other side in our questions of the week. Stick with us.
3: This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy
4: Minute. Let's make this interesting. 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 Wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for Week 12. Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson at the Washington football team. It feels weird to include him here because most people will suffer through his struggles, but the star passer has not gotten over 11.3 fantasy points in each of his two games since returning from finger surgery. Wilson doesn't even have a touchdown pass in those two games. The Washington defense has allowed seven quarterbacks to post 27 plus fantasy points in 2021, and five times a signal caller has accounted for three plus touchdowns. This presents a great chance for Wilson to get back on track. Houston Texans running back Rex Burkhead versus New York Jets. No team has been softer against running backs in the last five weeks than New York. The position has steamrolled this unit, going for 123 rushing yards per game, the second most, and a touchdown every 9.9 attempts. That's the highest frequency. The veteran back saw a team-high 18 carries last week, but he did average 2.2 per tote. That said, 15-18 to 18 carries versus this defense would make Burkhead an intriguing gamble for your flex spot. Understand what kind of risk you're taking, but it does help a little bit after Philip Lindsay was released. Wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, New England Patriots versus the Tennessee Titans. Bourne has caught four passes in four of the last six games, including two touchdowns, and he has averaged 12.1 PPR points over that span. The Titans have allowed 18 receivers to catch at least five passes in 2021, and 11 players went for 17.4 PPR points or more. The Titans have been one of the toughest teams on the ground versus running backs, which could lead to slightly more passing for Mac Jones. Bourne has wide receiver three or better value in most formats. New York Giants tight end Evan Ingram versus the Philadelphia Eagles. On the heels of consecutive games with touchdowns. Ingram had a great matchup versus Tampa Bay, but was held to only 12 yards on two catches, despite being targeted five times. Veteran tight end Kyle Rudolph hobbled off the field late in the game with an ankle injury and his status for Week 12 is uncertain. What is certain? This is the best possible matchup for the position. Philadelphia has granted the most receptions and yards per game to the position, and a touchdown allowed every 10.3 grabs is the ninth highest frequency, coming in the volume of four scores over the last five games. All things Giants passing game amounts to risk, but there's plenty of reward here if you're willing to take the chance. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com.
3: That was your Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com podcast. That's usatodaybet.com bet.com slash podcast see for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey one 522 4700 in Colorado
1: alright this is a new thing that I came up with Luke for our second segment of the show each week where I come up with three questions that I don't prep you on them I just throw them at you Uh, So that's very nice of me, I know, but this is yeah. Sounds really
2: fun for you (laughs) and sucks for me. I like
1: it. it. It's great. So this is great new idea. We got to get Luke's (laughs) uh, just knee jerk reaction right on the spot because he's not prepped on these questions. Uh, But you you've kind of already hit on this one. But now I want to see like what your take is. So which rarity in the NFL is more fun for you to see as a football fan, Luke? A big man touchdown like Andrew Thomas, or a big man interception like Steve McLendon had?
2: I mean, it's tough in this context because first of all. Andrew Thomas didn't just have a big man touchdown. He went airborne and like nice snatched hands. that baby with his hands. Nice like touchdown
1: he, dance, too.
2: He went up and got that ball. It was not again, back to Daniel Jones development. He had wide open in the end, he almost threw it over his head. He made it hard, it's in hard tackle, Which is yes. hard to do because <laughs> Andrew Thomas is six five. But yeah, I mean, that was just a phenomenal catch. But obviously I gotta go with the Bucks guy, right? Because being in the locker room around Steve McClendon and watching him be the leader. And he talks his post game press conference. If you have a chance to go back and watch this on the Bucks website, go watch Steve McClendon's press conference I after will. this game, because he's obviously not a guy who gets post game press conferences. Okay. He's 35 years old. He's the oldest player on the team. Not named Tom Brady, 12 years in the league. And just to listen to him, not just talk about the interception in that moment and how cool it was, and talk about how he still remembers the only other interception chance he had, like six years ago, seven years ago, when Chants. he dropped it, vowed, <laughs> vowed to never have it again, you know, never yeah. do it again, and, and all of these things. But but listening to him talk about his approach as a leader and 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 how it makes him feel to take young guys under his wing and, and show them the ropes and teach them and see them fulfill their potential it led to a question from one of the other people in media about him wanting to get into coaching later in life and he was like i already coach i coach youth football teams in the offseason i do all this stuff so just listening to a guy who's been in the league for so long and and clearly goes about things the right way he talked about how hard he works and and the, the focus and, and intensity that he puts into the work he does. It's just, it's so cool when just all the stars seem to align. And again, thank God that the that the giants have a terrible quarterback and I have no idea what he was doing, but he was in the right place at the right time. He didn't drop it this time. And it's just so cool to see a guy who, who does all the right things and, and goes about it the right way, rewarded with a, a big play in a key moment for a team. Again, Steve McClendon is not even active last night. If he is healthy, right? So, you know, he's been a healthy scratch for a lot of this season. So to go in there in that moment and and to be opportunistic and and kind of get a gift put in your lap there, that's kind of the football God smiling down on all the stuff he's doing throughout the week over a 12 year career.
1: Yeah. I I thought it was a tough I don't
2: know if that answers your question at all. No, It did. It did. I just wanted to take five minutes and talk about how much I love (laughs) Steve McClendon. I
1: I loved it. No, that's, that's perfect. And, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if uh, if Andrew Thomas sold you on the on the dance because the dance was also pretty good in the end zone. Oh,
2: absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah.
1: But th- th- that was fun. That was fun. Andrew Thomas, touchdown, Steve McClendon, interception. I, I, I can't believe McClendon caught it. It's like, what, you're, you're throwing me the ball? What? What's going on? I think hey, I, think I did play. see
2: that it's the first time in NFL history that a person who is 300 pounds or more <laughs> caught a touchdown and another three hundred pound guy intercepted a pass in the same game. Has, I
1: has to be a record. Has to be. Has to be. Absolutely. Um, I can't remember if we talked about this on the Potter before, Luke. But I, I told you that I'm going to be uh, just probably making a bunch of sides for Thanksgiving because I'm scared to make a turkey for myself. I'm not the greatest chef in the world over here. But so that makes me think though, like it's really the sides that you crave the most, right, going into Thanksgiving. It's not turkey, I don't think. So, what Thanksgiving sides are you craving the most this week?
2: Okay, so it starts, honestly, I know mac and cheese is kind of, you know, basic territory, but my my nana is 87 years old and still makes the most delicious mac and cheese on the planet. And I'm not talking like that lame macaroni with cheese where someone just makes some noodles and tosses some shredded cheese in there, mixes it up and calls it mac and cheese because that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about making that that creamy like cheese sauce before you even make the pasta and then you mix all that together and then you put it in like the 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 deep baking pan and then you cover it with more cheese on top and you get the breadcrumbs on top baked into that. That's the kind of mac and cheese I'm talking about. My Nana still crushes it after 87 years of life and she's just fabulous. So that's, that's like number one on my list. I I want that cheesy, cheap canned cranberry sauce. I got to have the can ridges on there or it doesn't (laughs) count whatsoever.
1: I'm, I'm over here dying because that was my answer. It's that cranberry sauce, and Luke, I can't even tell you where it is in the store. I've never bought it. I never. I don't eat ca- it. Yeah. yeah, I never who, eat who it cares? outside of this week. Leftovers and on Thanksgiving, the cranberry sauce. So- yeah, I have to have the cranberry sauce. Oh no, I was just talking to John Heath of the Broncos Wire about this, and he's like, "Oh, that's gross." I'm like, "No, man, no, that's all I can can't think be about." Like is-
2: the new, like hipster, nope. you know, recipe website where I got this cool, you know balsamic reduction thing no no i want i want i'll eat it straight out of the can i don't yeah, care it's like, so weird. just give yeah, it to me
1: again and i never eat it outside of this one week of the year it's crazy but yeah for some reason i'm like I, I can't wait to to do that leftover sandwich with the cranberry sauce mixed in oh i don't know yeah that's that's totally my answer
2: too i love that Um, You got to do pie. It's all about pie, bro. Yeah. Like after that, you got to just, you got to crush whatever pie is there. All of them.
1: hundred percent. So, yeah. So what we're getting at is we're all going to be stuffing our faces here on Thursday watching football, but we might get a Tim Boyle versus Andy Dalton special in the early Thanksgiving Day window. Lions, Bears, Luke. Maybe this is a two-part question, right? Because this could be, do you think this could be the worst Turkey Day matchup you've ever seen? Um, And also, should we just strip the Lions of their annual afternoon home game yet due to their futility? I know it's tradition and all, but man, the Lions are like every year they got like one win, no wins, two wins at this time of year. And it's you you set yourself up for matchups like this when that happens.
2: It's definitely time. And and I would I would actually stretch that to to the Cowboys. Who who cares? Like, I mean, they're good this year, but they've been mediocre for a while, like. Why do they get a home game every Thanksgiving? Like move it around. Let's let a bunch of other teams get involved. The Lions obviously should have been, you know, excommunicated from this place of honor a long time ago. But they're going to say the NFL. (laughs) I mean, you know, they are. Every now and then we get a team that is a very good argument for relegation, like uh, like uh, European soccer. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, move it around. Give other teams a chance. I I think it's cool. I I am a big fan of certain traditions, and and that's why I'm, I'm not really. I don't really have a terribly strong feeling on it, but like if you ask me which one, like if I had to pick one, yeah, get them out of there, make make room for some new guys. And somebody did ask me like who's going to win this game on Thursday, and I just said whoever bets the under because <laughs> it's a good. It's point. It's just going to yeah. be hideous football, man.
1: Do you remember what that line is on typical? I don't have it in front of me.
2: I don't. And what, I don't care whatever, whatever it is. is. Yeah, it's probably thirty nine less, like 39 less and a than half.
1: that. It's probably in the thirties.
2: Which which probably means that Dalton's going to throw like four touchdowns <laughs> and it's going to be that because that's the other side of this coin, right? Is like the offense is going to be bad, but on the defense is going to be good enough to stop them either. So who yeah, knows? Who
1: knows? Yeah, it's it's it could be ugly. Tim Boyle versus Andy Dalton. I'm, I'm going to I know already know I'm going to be so excited for that afternoon game kickoff and then it's going to kick off. We're going to be like, what crap am I watching? Yeah, I'll have to bet. I'll have to bet something to keep that interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with you strip the lions of this tradition thing they they need until they start at least until they start winning again my god um okay so that was fun that was my questions of the week not too hard on you luke right i kept that easy on you but now for the like the meat of the matter right bucks at colts bucks are favored on the road we'll tell you by how much and make a prediction right after this
3: this is the typical sports book minute let's make this interesting
2: What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet and Podcast presented by Sportsbookwire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are favored 3.5. The total is 45.5. I'm on the Cleveland Browns getting 3 and the hook. Football Outsiders actually grades the Browns higher than the Baltimore. I think it could be a get-right spot for Cleveland's offense playing against a banged-up uh, Baltimore defensive line and a banged-up Baltimore secondary. Nate, how do you see this game playing out?
4: So Baltimore averages the most rushing yards per game, and the Browns are giving up more than 165 per game. Give me Lamar in the points. Also, the Browns have not... Lost by less than three this season. Three and a half it is. That was your Typico Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in
3: Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado.
1: Bucks going up against a Colts team that's kind of hot. Uh, nasty run game right now with Jonathan Taylor. They just flattened the bills of the AFC, helping my Patriots over here. Appreciate you, Colts. You know, the Bucks usually top-notch at defending the run, which is obviously the Colts' strength, but they weren't quite as dominant against the Saints and the Washington football team in those losses, right? So uh, it's, and it's hard to judge this Giants game. I just don't know. I, I just don't know. Like, they definitely took away Saquon Barkley, but did the Giants really threaten them there? I don't, I don't know. Here's my one takeaway. You know, the one thing I'm worried about in this game, Luke, and then I want to get your take on it. The Colts lead the NFL in takeaways. 25 and their turnover differential plus 15. That's first in the league in both categories. And the Bucs just love to have the ball bounce off them, right? We keep seeing this. You can't do that against the Colts because they won't only pick it off, but they'll run it into the end zone on you. You can't give that. they're wicked opportunistic, right? That's their like that's their thing. They force they forced 12 fumbles this year and recovered them. So it's like you can't mess around with this Colts defense because they are very opportunistic and they can run the you know the crap out of the football. So, if you're you know messing around, you get down early like the Bills did. Forget it; you could be in big trouble. But what, what's your what's your leadoff thought on this uh, matchup?
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is the kind of game where the Bucks are going to have to prove it to me before I feel comfortable that the Colts are hot and the Bucks are playing like hot garbage on the road. Yeah. Um, you know, you talked about their you know rush defense kind of getting weaker than we we're used to. It wasn't even those two losses. Go back before that, they gave up 100 yards on the ground to the Bears, even though it was a blowout win. They gave up 100 yards on the ground to the Eagles, even though they won that game. So it, this has been leaky for a little while now, and it's definitely a concern. I think the one big thing they have going for them is that Bruce Arians just told us a, a little bit ago, we're recording this on Tuesday, um, that uh, Vita Vea was really close to playing on Monday night. He just you know, didn't practice all week, so Bruce thought the play is safe, um, which means obviously – He'll he'll be rested and he quote should be good to go uh, for Sunday, which is huge, right? Big, and literally and figuratively right, to right, have right, right, right. Vitavea in the lineup, and in my opinion, the best nose tackle in the game right now. So you know that should obviously help. But I mean, Jonathan Taylor is special. That offensive line, Bruce talked about that as well. How 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 well they're playing. Um, you know that there's so many different reasons why the Bucks should lose this game. And honestly, I think that I'm probably leaning to the Colts right now just because I haven't seen the Bucks play well enough on the road at all yet to be confident in them going on the road to beat anybody, let alone one of the hotter teams in the league right
1: now. No, I, I agree with you. If I'm picking it, I'm on Colts plus two and a half at home. I, I, and I agree 100%. I'm just not – I'm not yet convinced that all their issues are fixed even though they showed us all – like you said in the first segment, all we needed to see, right? They they checked every single box. But I just don't know – that freaking Giants team I just don't know how to judge it so I'm not convinced the Bucs are just going to come and just be ready to roll against a Colts team that again ran over the Bills the Bills were like weren't they first in total defense going into that game Luke or something in the stats yeah. their defense is really good they just gave up 40 they couldn't tackle Jonathan Taylor
2: and that honestly the thing the only thing that tells me the Bucks might flip this on its head is that that's the kind of season we've had right I, you know and the last few weeks have been that way I mean look at what Houston did to Tennessee on Sunday I mean it's you just never know what you're going to get. So it definitely could go either way. But if I'm talking about on paper, what I've seen from these two teams, especially over the last few weeks, I, I mean, this screams a Colts win to me until the Bucks prove otherwise.
1: Yeah, and, and at the very least, doesn't it just feel, it kind of feels like a 50-50 game. It's a it's a kind of a coin flip. So if you're going to give me two and a half points for the home team, if I'm betting it, that's probably where I'm going. Right, uh, the,
2: the home team that's running the ball really well, that's forcing turnovers on defense, like you said, they're doing all the things that tell you They're going to be a really tough team to beat at home.
1: But you want to get the Colts uncomfortable, get out ahead of them early in the first half, and make Carson Wentz try to match Tom Brady. And I love your chances in that kind of game, right? Which brings us to the total 51.5. You know, I I think if I'm betting this one, I'm staying away from the total. I think I might be leaning Colts plus 2.5, but. What's your thought on 51 and a half high scoring, low scoring kind of game. What's your feeling on that Luke?
2: I feel, I feel low, lower scoring on this one. For some reason, I I feel like, like you said, the turnovers could be an issue, but the, you know, the bucks have a pass rush and they could decide that they want to stop the run. Finally, you know, it it feels like maybe a lower scoring game. The bucks put up 30 in this game, but they were, you know, again, 19 versus Washington. It's going to, that you know, that the Colts are going to want to run the ball and run it a lot. So, you know, obviously if you're the bucks, you want to keep the ball away from them. You want to keep that offense balanced and you don't want to give their opportunity or their offense an opportunity to give the ball to Jonathan Taylor, 25, 30 times. So you're going to want to shoot clock, uh, and, and slow down the game, shorten the game that way. So wouldn't be surprised if this, if this comes in on the under. All
1: right, Luke, last question of the day for you. What's going on on Thanksgiving for you and the fam? You guys travel a little bit?
2: Not, not this year. It's going to be nice and chill for us. Um, we we like to do our own thing in our, in our house and just yep. enjoy the, enjoy the day of football. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be nice and chill this year.
1: Well, enjoy it, my man. All right. Happy Thanksgiving to you.
2: Hey, you too, man. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, for real. And for all the, for all the listeners, we appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.